Grace and peace to you this morning from our God and Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I welcome you here this day to worship, where on this day we will celebrate the birth of the Christian Church, and we will celebrate the receiving of the Holy Spirit, Jesus' promised gift of comfort and power for us all. And I will begin this day by reading to you from the first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, the book that describes the history of the Church's beginnings. Historians believe Luke to be the author, the same Luke of the Gospel by the same name. Luke, a physician and scientist by trade, was all about the facts. Luke was also a close companion of St. Paul. And here is what he writes. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Perhaps this question, these words of the apostles to Jesus, are ringing in your heart and mind the same way they are ringing in mine. Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom? My heart aches with the words of this question and the desire to ask this to Jesus myself. Are you going to restore the kingdom? Not only have we struggled through 10 weeks of a pandemic where lives and livelihoods have been lost, but now, yet again, we are bearing witness to an unjust act perpetrated against the child of God. And then, not only the devastation of one life being snuffed out by the deplorable acts of a couple, but the unrest is compounded further as more devastation follows, as communities of the innocent are destroyed by those justified for their anger, but not justified for their acts. Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom? To which Jesus replies that it is not for us to know the dates and the times when God will do this, but, but, Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In other words, the kingdom may not be restored today, but there is hope for all the earth and for our individual communities simply because the Christian church 
The body of Christ is alive and well and has been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus has promised. Each of us, you, me, all of us have been gifted with this great gift. With this gift comes great responsibility. Jesus says, we will be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. So that means that we will be his witnesses in Minneapolis, in Columbus, in Phoenix, and in Louisville. We will be his witnesses in East Lansing, Detroit, and Livonia, and in whatever community we reside. Wherever there is unrest, that is where Jesus has asked us to be, exercising our power through the Holy Spirit to bring peace. Exercising our power through the Holy Spirit to bring love. Exercising our power through the Holy Spirit to bring grace and mercy and forgiveness. And, in, and I invite you, if you have not already, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit so that you too may be a peacemaker, so that you too may be a waymaker, so that you too may be a comforter to this hurting world, to our disrupted communities, to our broken homes. Christ is with us, my friends, just as he promised. So let us celebrate today the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit that is available to each one of us to bring about peace and justice and comfort to this incredibly broken world. Let us celebrate the birth of Christ's church and the hope of restoration. Amen.
now to these words as our call to worship. O thirst-quenching God, you are living water for our parched souls. Your word satisfies our deepest need. Your presence gives hope to the dried up, the burnt out, the lifeless, and the lost. So come, Holy Spirit, strike the stone of our hearts with a jolt of pure grace, and let new life pour forth. Refresh our spirits with limitless power of your mercy and love. Empower us to hear the good news, and to believe it, and live it. Amen. Let's sing together on Pentecost They Gathered.
The Spirit of the Lord is near, calling each of us to place ourselves before God. Let us open our minds and hearts to receive Christ's forgiveness, that it would empower us with the fire of transforming faith. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, you come aflame with new life, but our apathy threatens to douse your passion. You come, Holy Spirit, on fire with love, yet we limit our affections to a select few. You come, Spirit of Christ, surging with new dreams and new hopes. We cling to old ways of living. You come, Spirit of Truth, glowing with the vision of the kingdom, while we close our eyes to your future. Forgive us, Lord, and come to us anew this day. Come and break through our hardened hearts with your tenderness. Come to set our souls on fire with your love. Amen. The prophet Joel and the apostle Peter both declare to us this day, in the last days God's spirit will be poured out on all flesh. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So hear and believe this good news. The Lord has saved us and sent the spirit of life. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. and girls did you know that today is a special day for the church today is so special that it's called the church's birthday today is Pentecost Sunday have you ever heard that word before Pentecost and are you wondering why does the church have a birthday let me explain a little while ago, we celebrated another special day in the church. We celebrated Easter. And can you remember why Easter is such a special day? That's right. Easter is the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, the day when he rose from the grave. Well, after Jesus rose from the grave, he spent some time with his disciples. Do you remember who his disciples were? That's right. They were his friends, his helpers. And Jesus spent some time with them. But then the day came where Jesus needed to tell them that he would be going up into heaven and they would no longer be able to see him. But Jesus told them, don't worry and don't be sad 
because I am going to send someone to be with you, someone to live inside your heart and someone to help you remember everything that I taught you. I am going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you and to live inside you. And the Holy Spirit will give you power, the power that you need to shine my light out into the world, to tell everyone everything I taught you. Well, guess what? The same Holy Spirit also lives inside you and me. Everyone who believes in Jesus has the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have the same power to shine the light of Jesus out into the world. That is great news. I want to tell you just how important the Holy Spirit is. I have a flashlight. You've seen one of these before, right? And I'm pretty sure you know how it works. All I need to do to get it to shine is to flip the switch like this. My flashlight isn't working. It's not shining. Oh dear. Hmm. Well, let me take a look inside. Ha ha! That's the reason. Look, there are no batteries inside my flashlight. That's why it's not working. If there's no batteries, my flashlight has no power. It can't work. I need power to make my flashlight work. The batteries will give it power. You know, the Holy Spirit is kind of like a battery. We need the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can shine the light of Jesus to the people that we meet. You know, those good things that Jesus wants us to tell other people about, like love and joy and kindness. He wants us to make sure everyone knows that that is what he was all about. Hmm. Let's see what happens when I stick a battery or two in here. Let's see if I can make my flashlight work. Put the top on. Ooh. Let's get that top back on there. All right. Ready? It works. My flashlight works. It shines just like what happens to us. When the power of the Holy Spirit is inside of us, then we can shine. We can tell others all about Jesus. And that is really great news. And that is what Pentecost is all about. It's the time that we remember that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and that is what we need to use to help other people learn about Jesus and all the wonderful things that he is. Let's pray together. Today, I'd like you to repeat the words after I say them. Holy Father, thank you for sending the power of the Holy Spirit to be with us each day. Help us to use this power to live for God and shine the light of Jesus to everyone. 
Amen. Okay, boys and girls, today's the day. Shine your light. Tell everyone you know all about the love of Jesus. Perhaps from off-site, 
charting its course, and a whole other thing to be standing in the midst of it. And I believe that God is still calling the church to stand in the midst of the world. When the waters rage and the mountains, they crumble, that God is still by God's Spirit with us and calling us to be caught up in the wind of the Holy Spirit, binding us together, and that it has to shape everything. So we could read about the story in Acts in chapter 2 and hear about all that happened, but why not live it? Why not be the church of the Holy Spirit? Why not ask Christ to come into our lives, to equip us with that spirit, to make us bold like Peter? In the midst of a pandemic, where is Christ? In the midst. In the midst of what is happening with protests in Minneapolis, where is Christ? In the midst of it. The church needs to shine its light of faith now more than ever. Micah 6.8, what does the Lord require of the church today? To act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. We need to learn and we need to model that how we interact with people truly does matter. We need to speak with that kind of love and respect that Jesus did. We need to learn how to speak words of love, not hatefulness. We need to speak words of encouragement, not discouragement. Words that build up, not destroy or tear down. Words that inspire, not words that deflate. And how on earth can we do this in the times in which we live? By the gift of the Holy Spirit that Christ gave to us. There's an Elvin Institute that does such great studies on the life of the church by asking congregations across denominations certain questions at certain pivotal times. But these two questions they asked long ago, and they're two questions I often ask in the midst of troubled times like this. The first question is having your church in mind. Why is your church the way it is today? And the second one, what will your congregation be in the future? Here's your answer. Your congregation is what it is today, not because of what a bad pastor did to it, or because the neighborhood has changed, or because the culture is going to hell in a handbasket, or even in the midst of a global pandemic and protests in Minneapolis, your church is what it is today because of how it responded or failed to respond to face realities of this world, of this world with the faith and the love and the hope that Christ gives us. And what will your congregation be in the future? How will we access God's Holy Spirit? We invite the Spirit in. How we work together even though we're apart to still be church. What we do or don't do now will make all the difference for the days and the years ahead. So today we welcome a new Pentecost in the life of the church. A fresh wind of the Spirit firing us up, calling us to be bolder in our loving and our serving of Jesus Christ as we love and serve his people. And how do we follow Jesus? We go together.
Amen. For just as God has given us the gift of Jesus, just as Jesus has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit, for we are reminded of all the gifts that God continues to give us, we are a people who are called to be a blessing to others. In light of this blessing, may we now receive our morning offering. It's only nine in the morning. No, 
This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. In the certainty of God's love, pour out your spirit, Lord, that we might dream your dream. Former Speaker of the House, Chip O'Neill, had a story about his Uncle Denny. It seems that Uncle Denny encountered his priest on the streets in Dublin. And the priest said, Denny, I am so ashamed of you. Just three weeks ago, you were in the church, and you swore to me that you would never drink another drop of alcohol the rest of your life. And yet here you are, as drunk as a skunk in the middle of town. And then he said, but Father, I am not drunk. I haven't had a drop, I swear. Why would you think that? He said, well, if you're not drunk, why were you walking with one foot on the curb and the other in the gutter? I was. Ah, yes, you were. Oh, Thank the Lord! I thought I was lame. The apostles thought were thought to be drunk by the crowd. How else could you explain their behavior and their appearance? These people who were observing the apostles, they knew who these followers of Jesus were, and they knew that they were different. So they assumed they were drunk, that they were drunk on alcohol, but the truth is they were drunk on the Holy Spirit. Which begs the question, I think, what do others assume of us when they look at us? Can they assume that we are Christians by all of our actions? Not just by what we look like, but how we act. Can they assume that we are drunk with the Holy Spirit. You see, we're not called to blend in. And we Presbyterians, we struggle with that, don't we? I mean, we have this title of being the frozen chosen, and well, over the years we've become rather comfortable with that, and we like the fact that we blend in. But we are called to behave in such a way as to call attention, not to ourselves, but to God. Perhaps too many of us are sober in our faith. What if we were to behave as if we were under the influence of the Holy Spirit all day, every day, as if we were drunk on the Holy Spirit? Would people see us as more giving and forgiving? Would they see us as being more compassionate and understanding, more caring? Would they see us going out of our way for others, for strangers? Would they see us turn the other cheek? And would they 
see us love our neighbors and would they know who our neighbors are? Would we be misunderstood like the apostles? Or do we just look like everyone else? Maybe it might be a privilege to be misunderstood. You see, the apostles were not drunk. They were excited when they encountered the violent wind and the tongues of fire. They took their message of Jesus to the entire earth. So how about us? Are we ready to take the Holy Spirit with us everywhere we go? Every hour of the day, every day of the week, every week of the month, every month of the year, every year for the rest of our lives. Working, allowing that Holy Spirit to work within us for all to see to the ends of the earth. Amen. Let us pray. God of wind and fire, when you send your Spirit, we are created anew. God of mighty oceans and still waters, when we receive your baptism, we are born anew. God of bread and wine, when we eat at your table, we are nourished anew. So pour out your spirit. Let sacred waters flow. Fill us with holy food. May our hearts and our hands be open wide to receive your gifts of life. Help us to live like Jesus, to walk in his ways, and to love and serve others in his name. In love, we now lift up those who are heavy on our hearts this day. Holy God, touch with your love the family and friends of George Floyd. God of peace, we pray for the community of Minneapolis and all others experiencing violence and unrest. We pray for all of our police officers, especially those being targeted with violence themselves because of the deplorable actions of a few among their ranks. We pray, gracious Lord, for all those who are recovering, undergoing tests and treatments, for those grieving, for those suffering, for those lost and lonely. And gracious God, we continue our prayers for all doctors, nurses, and frontline workers, and we give you thanks for all of those who are working tirelessly for a cure. Jesus, our Redeemer and friend, this morning we remember your life, death, and resurrection. Breathe your Spirit upon the whole earth, that we may proclaim good news to all the world. Through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ, by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, we worship you this day and always, as together we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
the Spirit of God hovered over the waters at the moment of creation. Like the universe exploding outward from the single spark of God's Word, so the church became real. Put your hand on the ground. The earth itself is vibrating. The mountains, the oceans, the deserts, the creatures that live here are all breathing in. The planet is inhaling. Imagine the song it will sing, the song of Pentecost. Joy enveloped the disciples. Their words were understood and welcomed. Their joy was contagious. Their message was heard and translated and shared. The church moved into the world, bringing light, bringing love, covering all there was. There was no denying it. There was no going back. The church as we know it was born. God, we feel your presence. Let us use it. Let us take this rush, this moment, this Pentecost, shouting into a world that is bored stiff by life. We have been made aware of the presence of the creator of the universe. Give us the strength to keep it going. God is real. The church is born. The song goes on and everyone can sing. Amen. Let's sing together, Go to the World.
My friends, this week has yet again reminded us of how desperately this world needs the peace of Christ. So again, as, become, as has become our tradition in recent weeks, we are asking that you share the signs of peace with friends and family and neighbors in a variety of ways. Choose three people that you haven't spoken to in a while. Send them a card, a text, a phone call, and pass the peace of Christ to them this week. So my friends, the peace of Christ be with you. Share the signs of peace with your neighbors. Church, as you go forth from this place, remember who you are. Remember your call. Remember that Christ has placed his hope in you. Go with boldness. Go with grace. Go with confidence. Go, go now, now, knowing that Christ, Christ goes with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace and give you peace. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be great. Unto 